Good morning, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. With the new year, I promised you guys more incredible talent from the communities that I'm in. And today I am extremely pleased to present uh, present P. Flower Tomioka from my writing circle with Neil Hilborn and a bunch of other communities that I'm very, very proud to be a part of. So how are you today, my dear? I'm great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, one of the first things that I want to talk about is is how did you come into these communities? I know that you're such a big personality and, and you're in so many different areas. Um, how did you find them all and how do you balance them? Oh, man, you said this would be easy question. <laughs> um, well, I found the, uh, the community that you and I met in um, just by going to Neil's website. And I had heard that a lot of authors, uh, button poetry specifically authors were doing workshops and I was like well he's my favorite I'll start there and then his and and, and, and then I, I forgot to keep going because well, it's, it's season six and I'm addicted and like I don't have I don't have room for another poetry anything so it's just all Neil all week all the time I love it I shouldn't I laugh it. but that's that's amazing because I've I was dabbling in a bunch and then I found Neil's and I was like okay this is a consistent um so I'm totally there with you into that first session I think it was February of last year and uh, or at least my first session they were just ending season two and I was expecting I don't know what I was expecting but it's not what I got and what I got <laughs> was, um, was family so I stayed <laughs> I, I um, very short story I promise I went to the very first workshop that he did and it was oh, funny because there were almost 100 of us there. And he's like, I genuinely thought there would be like 15 people here. We'd do a week. Everyone would say this was shit and we're done. And we ended up having this giant community, this huge family, all these little branches and facets and things. Um, so I'm very glad you found it. I, I can't say that enough. But it was a very funny experience. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, finding all of you in this community has... I don't even, I don't have words for how thankful I am. Um, with all the, you, you asked me about the different things that I'm doing and, and poetry is um, probably the one that I, that I get, that I find the most rewarding. Um, I'm building this uh, art therapy program to help survivors of sexual violence re-identify with their sexuality after abuse. And the cornerstones of that are things like creative writing and, and poetry and then pot. I think you meant general, general art stuff. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. I had you cut out, and I was going to say I think we lost you, but you came back. Uh, so oh, ignore no, me. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just saying that the, the cornerstones of the program are, are going to be founded in creative writing, poetry, and then like ceramics is the another corner of that. And my week is basically shuffling from one creative project to the next when I'm not parenting my, my five-year-old or, or, you know, doing my actual job. I'm, I'm running back and forth to the clay studio or I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm constantly swamped and I, uh, frankly, I can't do it all. It's not sustainable and, um, something's got to give soon. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't look at it like, oh, it just takes creative management. No, no. It no. It takes a 20, I'm going to do nine life where it's 26 <clears throat> hours a day, you know, like that's, <laughs> I, I'm glad we got the honesty because I, I do have so many creators who are like, oh, no, I manage it. And I'm like, I know you do, but it's got to like, you have to have days at least where like, I'm done. Um, I used to tell my husband that if you didn't cry because of your art, then you probably didn't really consider it art. I love that. I, I love that. Everything I do makes me cry, so I must be doing something right. <laughs> um, since you mentioned, you know, having all those projects, uh, the pottery and the different things going on, I know you also were very interested in tarot and you were doing um, like a custom deck for those of us in the writing circle. I am. Um, um, that, that is still happening. It, it is an incredibly slow and painful project that I am. I, I have not abandoned, I promise. Um, no worries. I wasn't it, calling you out. I promise. <laughs> it's definitely coming along. I, I, I am a, I'm a poet, I'm an illustrator, and I'm a budding ceramicist. Like, those are the three core things that I'm doing right now. And I used to be a professional knitter for a decade. I was Wow, I didn't know that. Knitter. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that one. <laughs> but, yeah, um, mostly, like, most of all the biggest thing that I'm doing lately is creative writing and managing the, um, the literary magazine. So I was, that was my next question. The literary magazine oh. is lavender and lime literary and you run it with your husband, right? Yes. Oh. Um, lab lavender lime lit on Twitter and my husband and I run it together. He is a professional photographer. Um, his name is SJ Tomioka and his work is, is, is just so powerful. It's honestly one of the main reasons I married him. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, well, I was going to say, I've been deep diving in, oh no, we did lose you this time. I asked um, if you run it with your husband and kind of what the process is for Lavender Lime Literary, like how you guys go about submissions and, and how you guys came up with the idea in general. No problem. Um, yeah, we decided to, we wanted to do something, like everything that I'm building with this art therapy program, it all ties together about raising awareness that healthy sexuality doesn't necessarily always look like Western society typically might expect it to look. So some of the things that we high key focus on are um, being more inclusive to healthy situations and healthy retellings of queer love, of poly love, of marginalized communities, and uh, of uh, the fetish community, BDSM, all of that being a positive and healthy influence or part of relationships outside of the typical. And um, the goal for Lavender Lime Literary in that is to make sure that there's always a healthy space where a variety of different um, concepts of sexuality can voice and have and, and, and carry water and have some weight 
that is uh, has power and meaning and helps other people find and connect. So that was really important to me that the whole process of Lavender Lime Literary be incredibly inclusive. Um, so you had asked about the submission process and one of the things that I love about the format that my husband and I put together is that we have an incredibly inclusive submission process. Like if you go on the website, which is lavenderlimeliterary.com. And the link is already set up in today's description. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks. Awesome. Way to be like on top of it because I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you go to the submission section, you'll see in, there's like some tabs on the page where you can choose what kind of what what it is that you need as an artist to submit so many magazines have different rules and it it can get so stressful especially because so many of us are neurodivergent um it becomes really stressful when when the rules aren't the same every time obviously it's impossible to get everybody every lit magazine to have the same submission rules and mm -hmm. obviously you should be reading them but one of the things i really wanted to do was to just wipe that whole stressor out of it so there's we know listed on the webpage it says something like you know here's the quick and dirty rules if you if you like your submissions if you want to do a looser submission here's the bare minimum of what we need if mm -hmm. you need really nuanced rules and, and like you feel more productive and safe in submitting your work where things are very orderly and organized here's everything we could possibly ever want from you if you prefer google forms here's a link for that like you know there's no all the different options yeah, even our deadlines are a little bit in flux. It's like, okay, yeah, we said we were going to end on this date, but, you know, oh, it's, you know, the next morning and you forgot. To, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's fine. We're more interested in in this, in this the author being comfortable and recognized than we are in, like, I don't know, having some kind of a power trip about it. It's just feels it's, it's funny to me you say it the way you do. Um, I was revisiting the first issue um, that you guys put out, and Hive has always spoken to me. There's a poem in the, the first issue, and I'm going to botch the author's name. Lindsay Falk? Maybe? Maybe I'm I can. Have, I would have to. I'm going to pull it up. I have to look. Sorry. I don't um, <laughs> but the way you're talking, it feels so much like that poem. And that poem has, like I said, spoken to me since the first time I, I dove into this edition and, you know, still speaks to me. Um, and and it, it feels very much like a summation of, of your submission process in a way. <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay Falk, I believe is how they pronounce it. Let me check the pronouns on the bottom of the page. Lindsay Falk, they, them, yes. Um, I believe that is how they pronounce their pronouns. And it, it's that cute little one about uh, the hummingbird, like uh, the humming in the hive yep. that dive into me. Yeah, yeah. I <clears throat> that. The first time I read it, I looked at my husband and I was like, we are publishing this. Yes, so, yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. Like, that was incredible. <laughs> It's one of my favorites in the whole issue, I gotta admit. Yeah, I try not to play favorites, but, <laughs> but sometimes you can't help it, right? Something just yeah, speaks no, to you and, and you're stuck. <laughs> I was so excited when this first issue launched. Um, the second issue I'm really happy with as well. I think it's absolutely beautiful. And we'll be announcing the theme for the third issue on the 15th, Ooh. I think, or, or so. Exciting. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Um, if you're okay, we'll go ahead and pause here to let our sponsors have a little bit of light and then we'll be back. 
Hey there, everyone. This is Madison from Learning to Fly the Podcast and Sincerely Blue Jay Poetry. Today, I just wanted to take a second to let you know about Nourished and Free, a recipe ebook written by Gabby Sorensen or Gabicado, my dear and lovely friend. Typically, this book retails for about $30, and you can find it in the episode description, but it frequently goes on sale as well. It's full of 80 easy, wholesome recipes that can be vegan, can be vegetarian, or you can mix it up and add your own proteins and your own favorite items. And it's really just a great thing to have in your repertoire. Alrighty, so I just wanted to take a second and let you know about Nourished and Free, one of the best ebook recipe guides I've come across so far. Thanks so much, and let's return to the episode. Hi, I'm Ian Quiet. You should follow me on Patreon, Spotify, and YouTube because I'm making music, music videos, poetry, and more. Thank you. Fun fact, I listen to Learning to Fly because it keeps me connected to the creative community of contemporary writers. Also check out my band, Quiet Etc. if you're a fan of chiptune, 8-bit pop, nerdcore, indie rock, and more. Alrighty, so as we come back, I know P has a poem prepared for us, so let's kick off with that. Hey, um, I have a poem here. Um, it is uh, titled "A Plated Sistina," and a Sistina. Yes! Is a yes! Yes! <laughs> Apparently, she really likes foreign poems. Well, so do I. So no, we have that in common. I love Sistinas. And I get so much shit for them, and I keep trying to bring them back to the podcast, and so I'm just very excited. Um, I, I don't know if I am um, the author who should explain how this idea is put together, but essentially this is a six-stanza poem in which, uh, and then there's three envoys, which is like a short little, almost like a couplet. That's exactly um, how I would say it, yep on the end um and then but, the, but there's a rhyming it's not really a rhyming scheme there, there is a patterning scheme to it in which the last uh word of every stanza um is repeated so like stanza one they're all the same number of lines so you end up with the word the last word each time and then it um there's a specific order and you can look it up online and just see which it goes i, I actually have words. an in-depth episode from i think october of oh, last okay. year yeah. you guys yeah, can go I visit like that it. and if you want i can happily drop the resources on my socials um so yes i love sustinas i am all for that <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm rambling about it but like the shorthand version of you is you'll hear the same words repeated over and over because it's the same you, you reuse the same last word of each of your lines in the new stanzas that come so um it's like one of the only, i love it because it's one of the only poems where you where you really want to keep using the same words mm-hmm. over and over again like usually when you check your work you're like oh i already explained something using this metaphor i should you know but um with a sistina you're trapped in it which is awesome so but i kind of I, interrupted I, you with my joy can we get that title again <laughs> sure this is titled a plated sistina thank you and it is written with a traditional Sistina format and goes as follows. It wouldn't have mattered how deeply he loved if he couldn't pretend that it was a scripted story. Like I'm a princess to champion his heart. I hated how docile he expected me to become. I didn't promise to be distressed for the sake of formality in the fog of his abusive mouth. 
Inside my mouth, I can taste the memory of everything I ever loved. Lost to the nuance of a rigid formality, form and expectation to strangle this story before our paths could merge, become something greater than a pair of hearts. I hated myself for forgoing my true heart, my deepest love, my humid mouth trailing downward, his skin becoming the only way I could remember how to feel loved, a reality to bookend the story my first husband abandoned this formality, but my true love does not stand on ceremony. No formality to clutter this heart or how we rewrite the trauma in my story. With the cock he offers like sacrifice upon my mouth, I am well loved and loved as such to never fear what we can become. Because it is only how we become tangled amongst the formality of feeling so loved, heart to heart, mouth to mouth, thrusting fists to rewrite our old stories and stacking evenings in firelight like bookcases of stories unable to stop the orgasms we promise we will become. A praise we hold silent in falling snow, catching at the mouth of firelight looking. Casting shadows to chase away formality again, unescapable beating hearts. To climax beneath wintered bedsheets, scenes so well writ, we loved them unironically. Building the fairy tale story, a technicality of formality, to sing generational tales of what our skin has become. Diamond points of light, hunting bow to fan excuse me, diamond points of light hunting bow to how we fawn and buck and heart to reawaken the taste of new marriage in our mouths. After a lifetime of famine, we are fed, nourished, loved. I love that. I think that was incredible. Um, also, I've got to say, you're probably the only poet that I've had on the, the show so far who will openly um write about certain topics and i'm very very glad that we have you here for that diversity and i think that that is something that poetry needs more of and i think that in a way this poem almost describes that need for the discussion as well as well as the um the actual act of like poetry and coping or remembering or whatever it is you choose to to find poetry for um, so I wanted to start off with saying that as well as thank you so much um, for sharing. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Since we I don't, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just said I appreciate that. I'm just, thank you. Of course. Since we don't get a lot of poets who know what a Sistina is or are willing to attempt one, I have to ask, <laughs> did you sit down and go, I'm going to write a Sistina? Or did you have an idea in mind? Or was it like a prompt in writing circle? Where, where did this one come from? So um, I have been harassing Neil. I think harassing is probably not even an aggressive enough term. Like, Are we doing forms? Are we do more forms? Do more forms? Forms, 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 forms. I love forms. I had never heard of a Christina or written one before. He did it um, last season. Mm-hmm. So this was actually a prompted by a circle prompt. Um, and he gave us that giant list of like 163 some odd, you know, from like the, the writing. Yes, or, yes. Yeah, the, the, all the different forms are on that website. Fabulous website. And I've been going through them pretty systematically and just trying out new forms. Um, 
another amazing poet, Miles, um, who I, I don't know if you've ever had him on your podcast. I have not. Um, I, I have to say, I love hearing his work, but I am yes. a little intimidated to reach out. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, please reach out. I, I, will, I will reach out for you. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. You need him in your life. I, I um, do not deny that at all. I just, yeah, haven't, <laughs> haven't had the guts yet. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It can be a little intimidating at first to talk to, to people. Um, to get it. Um, but anyway, my point is, Miles um, had introduced us to a new forum that I had never heard of either. Uh, and he was he was talking about it at the end of Circle a couple of weeks ago. It's called um, A Beautiful Outlaw or uh, Bella Absentee, mm -hmm. in which you, it's another one with like a Sistina where you really have to like pay attention to exactly what the format is. And it's really, really difficult to pull off because this one, you every single line has to use all of the letters of the alphabet. Yep. The, like, you know, the quick brown jumps, fox jumped over the lazy dog, like that. <clears throat> But um, there's a hidden word, and it's usually in the title. Or and uh, most authors are not assholes, and they tell you what the the secret word is. Like um, I wrote one where the word was werewolf. So the first line, you know, your, your poem will be however many lines the word is long, and each line you erase. There's no you can't use. It's the almost like an acrostic on steroids. Okay. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> if I use werewolf, then the first line of my poem cannot use the the letter W and the second line can't use the letter E so like that but you have to use all 25 of the letters so it's <clears throat> chaos and I love it I love it <laughs> that was it, great it ends up coming out like freeform jazz like it's just you know there's this infinite possibility of combinations the way the music could go and you have to be really good to work your way out of it like it's such a challenge and I love it I I love the jazz equivalent. Um, I'm such a jazz fan, and and I I love that. But also, I think that hearing you describe poetry, you you have a perspective that maybe I don't, and I love hearing that. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so I very much appreciate uh, that and being honest with us that it was a circle prompt and, and that you were just trying something new. I think that's really cool. Oh yeah, no, that's that's all art ever is. It's just fuck around and find that part of my French. Like, but that's that's art. In yep, itself. exactly. Um, you're either doing it or you're not, and and if you're not, that's okay. You're not less of an artist for having a breather. You know, like I think there's just so much pressure in today's society that everything has to be capsuled and and, and packaged into some kind of. I don't know, fall of capitalist dystopian hellscape comes to mind, but you know, I'd rather just have joy. And for me, that means trying new things and failing at creating a sustina until I get it right. Like that's fun to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, do it. Don't let it, don't let a crazy form intimidate you. Just go blow your trumpet. Nobody cares. It's a trumpet. I love yeah. that. I love that. Blast it like a goose, an angry poetic goose. Go do the goose stuff. Yeah, like I should stop talking. Yeah. Um, I, that was incredible. Thank you so very much. Before I forget, um, of course, I will have all your links in the episode's description. But where are the oh, best okay. places to support you? What are the best things we can do to continue embracing your voice and and sharing it? Oh God. Um. Submit your art to Lavender Lime Literary, especially if you think that your work 
doesn't qualify as representing of sexuality or, or especially most, most especially if your sexuality, your approach to sexuality is atypical and most people write it off. Like we are, we are hard up and awesomely looking always for ace poetry. We always want the ace perspective. It's like my favorite poems are usually from ace poets. It's, it's phenomenal stuff, especially the sexual ones. And like, it's so good. Um, Another way you could support me is um, I have a like buy tea, a cup of coffee thing on my website. That's money's nice. I like money. <laughs> I don't have a Patreon yet. I'm working on starting one. Um, usually, usually, like when somebody says, "Well, how can I best support you?" I just tell them to donate to a humanitarian cause that needs help, like uh, a democratic candidate in your local community that's falling behind or uh, really needs those those kind of votes or polls, um, could always donate to the Trevor Project, Planned Parenthood. Those are places that are, are really important to me. Any local no-kill shelter. And if you don't have money, you just give up your time, you know? I couldn't agree more, in fact. Uh, is to give of yourself for something greater. I, I truly couldn't agree with you more. And I love that those are the, the suggestions that you have. Um, as my audience knows, oh, and as I briefly <laughs> warned you, we have random questions for our new guests oh, and for shit. some of our returning guests who appreciate them. But um, as, as your first time on the, the show, we have to, we have to. So I have a question and I kind of hinted to this at the beginning. What's your favorite tarot card and why? Oh, that's easy. My favorite tarot card is death. Um, and I know a lot of people say that, but, and not a lot of people, like, I don't usually let this part of my life cross over into my poetry world a whole hell of a lot, but um, I'm an osteomancer, uh, which is somebody who uses bones and uh, shells and curio objects to divine intent the way people like might, might do with tarot, except you just kind of throw the bones into a circle. Okay. Um, I teach a lot of classes about that um, and stuff. So death work is integral to, it, it, it's, it's vastly important to my entire spiritual belief. I, um, for a while until the pandemic, I was uh, starting a process of training to be a death doula. Um, the, the whole concept of everything that the death card stands for is incredibly powerful to me, uh, especially to my spiritual side and, and it's all about that reinvention and that change. And, th and that's that's what I want my work to do for the world, is just help people understand how to work through their, their trauma or work through their, their stuff and, and reinvent their uh, And that's what the death is all about. I think that is an incredible answer. Thank you so very much for sharing with us. Thank you so very much for your open and honest voice on all these different topics. I really appreciate it. And of course, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you to each and every one of you for tuning into today's episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.